So I just want to welcome Rachel, who's going to bring the word today. Now, I was so freezing all morning, and then I get up and set me on fire. No. <laughs> like, he actually did it. I'm like, now I'm so hot. Okay, <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're in this place. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the one that brings truth, you reveal truth, you are truth. So Holy Spirit, anything that we need to know today, Lord, would you highlight that to us? Mm, amen. Um, this is part two of a message that I spoke on the 10th of April. So if you want to listen to part one, that was the 10th of April on a Sunday morning. This is about weighing and testing the Word of God or weighing and testing um, the prophetic Word. So I only got about halfway through it um, last time, but I'm gonna quickly give a recap just in case you weren't here or you don't remember um, what I was speaking about. But this morning, um, when I was just getting ready for church, I just had a, um, a song playing, uh, it's a Hillsong song called Highs and Lows, um, just as I was getting ready. And it's, it's essentially about um, the Lord is with us in, in any place, whether we're in the highs or whether we're in the lows or whether on the mountaintops or in the valleys. And I was just getting, and the angelic room comes into the bathroom. It fills the whole bathroom with the love of the Lord. And I get a message from Todd. He goes, oi, oi, what are you doing in there? The cats are staring at the bathroom door like. <laughs> I'm like, it's just the, just the angelic, just the angels. Um, just come to impart this, this realm of love. So I never wanna step past what the Holy Spirit is doing in a day. And so Holy Spirit, we just welcome, wow, that realm of love into this place. I thank you for the ministering angels. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the ministering angels to come and administrate that realm of the love and acceptance of the Father. I thank you for the realm of the love and the acceptance of the Father. You know, I, I understand um, that Mother's Day is, is a day of celebration, but for some it's also a day of pain. Um, and it's a day of missing people. Um, and I just felt that that was part of the realm that the Holy Spirit just wanted to come in and bring a realm of love. There is nothing and no place that the Holy Spirit can't come in and fill you up. When He said that when you receive Him, there will be nothing missing, nothing lost, that's everything, that's every realm. Whether that's the realm of grief, he wants to come and fill that place. Of loss, he wants to come and fill that place. 
If it's a celebration, he wants to come and join your celebration. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for everything that you want to do today. And stop me anytime. <laughs> okay, so a quick recap um, of what I spoke about, about, I think it was about four weeks ago, is essentially it is the responsibility of the mature sons of God to weigh and test the words that they give and the words that they receive. It is part of our responsibility before we receive something, a word of, a word of God in terms of a prophecy into our lives to weigh and test that word. We choose to embrace the messiness of what it is to encourage and equip a body of people to lean into the now voice of the Lord on a continual basis and go to Him for what they need um, in every season of their life. And that, yes, looks messy because we're all on a journey of learning how to hear. We're all on a journey of learning how to weigh. We're all on a journey of learning how to test the things but it is better that we embrace and choose to learn on the journey of how it is to hear the voice of the Lord, receive the word of the Lord, weigh and test that, than to shut down the voice of the Lord. I never want to be responsible for, for closing people's ears and closing people's hearts to the voice of the Lord because we're a little bit concerned about how messy that would get. Rather, we teach how to weigh and test. We equip the body of how to go to the Word to measure up things against what the Logos says. So that is essentially, my, my sheep hear my voice, therefore we are encouraged to hear Him, listen for Him. It says my sheep hear me, therefore we should be listening. Right? It says that, Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing and therefore we should be looking for him, right? We should be looking to see what is he doing so that we can do what the Father's doing. And it says that if we know truth, and truth is a person, if we know truth, truth will set us free. And therefore we should be desiring to know truth. And so all of these things are part of the prophetic realm. They're all part of the now voice of the Lord that we would hear Him, see Him and know Him. And so we need to equip the body, one, how to do that and two, how to discern. The primary reason for the prophetic is to get onto the same page as Jesus. Get on the same page as Him. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Therefore, when we engage the spirit of prophecy, it should lead us to testifying of the greatness that the manifestation of embracing the prophetic should be that it looks like the manifestation of Jesus on earth. It looks like his character, it looks like his nature, it looks like his goodness and kindness, it looks like the fruit of the spirit. It should produce in us the fruit of the spirit, which is to testify of the nature of Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of the prophetic. So we are responsible to weigh and test. And I went through these scriptures last time. It's 1 Thessalonians, do not despise prophecy, but test all things, 
hold fast what is good. And so essentially that means there are some things that you shouldn't be holding fast to because it's not good, <laughs> right? So don't hold fast that, test it. Whatever is not good, let go and hold fast to that which is good. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. That word judge means weigh or test. And then I quickly went through, well, I didn't quickly, but today I'm gonna quickly. <laughs> Weighing, how do we weigh a word? Does it align with the word of God, the Logos? Does it align with the character and nature of the Lord? And what is the character and nature of the person delivering the word? If the person delivering the word is of good character, then we still do not get to dismiss our obligations and our responsibility to weigh and test. If the um, person delivering it is of bad character, like bad, then we need to weigh and test it really diligently. Sometimes something is neither good nor bad, like a donkey. And the Lord has delivered words through a donkey before, but we need to weigh and test those things even so. And then I spoke about timing. There's the, um, as the sons of Ishka, we need to discern times and seasons and when we need to move in and out of different manifestations um, of the Lord and the character and nature of the Lord in different seasons is more prominent. But I also spoke about acting in obedience, partnering with the word, hiding his word in our heart actually allows us to pull on time and pull things into the now because we've hidden them in our heart like Mary did. I also spoke around a caution when receiving or delivering a word, a prophetic word, a caution around the timings, and I weigh and test the timings that are delivered with a prophetic word different than I weigh and test the rest of the word. Because the times in heaven are not the same as the times on earth, if we stick to this will happen in three weeks and it doesn't happen in three weeks, we start to lose hope. But three weeks in heaven or in heavenly realms or in a heavenly currency can look very different from three weeks on earth because we say chose not to partner with it. We chose not to be in obedience with it. And so there actually are conditions and that's what I'm going to speak on today, the conditions of prophetic words that are attached to it, which can stretch out or shorten times. I spoke about sifting a word so when I receive a prophetic word, I listen very carefully to the way it's delivered. I feel very carefully the, the weight that is on different portions of the word. For instance, if someone says to me, the Lord says, then I weigh that portion of the word very different from the balance of the word that they're delivering, which is often the interpretation or explanation or unpacking of what the Lord said. And I always find that what the Lord said, that portion will often stand through time and can be unpacked in different seasons in different ways, in a very different way than the, the unpacking or the interpretation of the word usually gets stuck in a time or a season because the interpretation relates to the season, but the word of God it doesn't change, right? So if God said, you can always go back to that word and you'll get another 
element of the unpacking of that word in every season of your life. Um, And then there was the testing of whether something was not just right or wrong, but the different weights on it. And I spoke about the weight needed on a word that has to change the direction of your life as opposed to a word that is a word of encouragement. A word of encouragement doesn't require a significant amount of weight necessarily. It it goes to the emotion, it it builds us up and it's encouragement and that's wonderful and that is the Lord. But that is a very different um, word. It requires a different weight than the word of the Lord which is going to get you to leave home, family, and move across the country and start a farm, grow pumpkins. That's gonna take a very weighty word of the Lord if it's gonna get me to do something like that. Like it's got to carry something that will shift an element um, of my life and my focus. And so either it comes with that weight or you need to spend time with the Lord for the words to gather weight by keeping presenting it before the Lord and weaponizing it with the Word of God, prayer, time and waiting. And then the Word becomes sufficiently substantial for it to actually equip you and shift your life and cause you to move. And lastly, I spoke about weaponizing the Word and what it is to actually add to. So when we get the Word of God, how do we weaponize it? First of all, it's really important to have already determined that that is the Word of God. Yes, I believe that the Lord has spoken this and now I'm going to add to, I'm gonna add the Word of the Lord to, I'm gonna start to study around that, I'm gonna start to steward that. I'm gonna start to invest my life and my substance into that Word. This is starting to build, um, it's starting to weaponize it, right? It's starting to build structure around it. But what happens in our lives when we've built structures and invested so much into a word that was not the Lord? Do you believe in His goodness that He can take that apart? He can heal you and catch you right up to where you're meant to be because a significant part of the fear around why people won't let go of a word that they start to realise might not have been the Lord is I've built too much here. And often people will stay in a place where they start to suspect that it wasn't the Lord's doing because they've built so significantly in that place and invested so much of themselves that it's better to stay there and stay in that place than to be at nil. But no moment of your life where you have genuinely poured yourself into the Lord, even if it was, say, in a different assignment and direction than He intended, none of those moments will be of waste. Right? Every moment that you spend with the Lord will build and be replanted and replaced when you choose to let something go for His kingdom. I think Todd spoke about this Last week, no one will lose lands or brothers or mothers in this and not be rewarded in this lifetime 
If you give up those things which are not the Lord, which were not His design for you, He promises that in this lifetime, He will bring recompense for you. But you have to let go of those things. And I found that there is significant fear around that. Many um, sessions that we do with people around inner healing or courts of heaven have to do around dismantling and bringing somebody's heart into a place of healing where they've invested in, into a place so much and they need to let that go. But he is so good. He really is so good and it really requires our eyes to be turned towards his goodness and believe him when he says that he will meet us in that place, in his ways, on his path, in his journey. So that when we weaponize a word, making sure it is the word of the Lord, then that starts to actually become a foundation um, that we build our lives upon. That was the recap. So um, I got to this place last, last time, and that is, have we met the conditions that are attached to the prophetic word that's been delivered to us or that we're receiving. Once I have weighed and tested that this is the word of the Lord, then I look at the word and I look to see if there are any conditions that I need to meet in order to fulfill the word. Is there any partnering that I need to do with the word that's been delivered in order for me to start to manifest that in my life. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that you've received a prophetic word um, that you're to be a teacher, a five-fold teacher, teacher of the word of God. It might not, that's it, that's the whole word. The Lord has called you to be a teacher. No conditions attached necessarily to the word delivered. But a wise person, would go and ask the Lord if there's anything that we need to start to partner with now in order to see that manifest in our lives. For instance, you should read your Bible. It's a good idea if you're gonna be teaching the Word of God to read the Word of God. You laugh, but how many times have we seen, no, God's called me to be a teacher, so I want platform. Have you read the Bible? Well, not all of it. So, well, maybe start there, start to steward. Study your Bible. Pray for a spirit of revelation and understanding. Get to know the Holy Spirit. There are other things that we need to do. How about pray about where going to train? Where should I get some more information? Should I get, do an online course? about how to read the Bible. Do I know how to read the Bible? How to prepare a message. Understanding Bible translations, the history of the Bible, the historical, there are so many things we can put our hand to. The moment that a word is delivered to us in order to start to steward it, that prepares us for the moment of the suddenly release of the Lord. You do not want to be suddenly released on a platform and not know the Word of God. Because the weight that comes, the scrutiny that comes, you want to be sure that you have done all you can do to partner with the Word of the Lord. 
research the protocols in the Bible of what's required of a teacher. It's a little bit scary. <laughs> and that's for so many things that he's called us to. There are actually weights that come with a lot of the callings. Take opportunities when they're given. Don't wait till you're not scared. Do it scared. I think if you go back maybe a few years ago to some of my preachers, you'll see this. <laughs> over and over again. In the end, I had to make a choice. Was I gonna do it scared or was I never gonna do it? Because the first time you do it, no matter what, and the 10th and the 100th, you know, in the end, this is, this, is, this is what happened to me. The Lord actually called me to, um, to preach and teach many years ago through a prophetic word, which I actually don't recall hearing. It's in my journal. I, it, was a, it was a long prophecy and I wrote it out word for word. I heard the parts about worship leading because that's what I was doing at the time. And I heard the parts about, you know, um, I would, oh, I heard the parts about you will levitate between heaven and earth. And I've been still waiting for that to happen in the natural because I keep having dreams about it, but it's never, I heard, and I never heard the second part, even though I've rewritten that out so many times. But the Lord kept moving on me, not because I had a conscious thought about wanting to teach and preach, because that was the furthest thing from my desire. But I had, what, what happened is the Lord started to birth in me something I wanted to say. Um, and it got like, it got heavier and heavier and heavier. And there are just things that were in my spirit that I felt I need to, how can I get Todd to say these things <laughs> that are burning in my spirit? So I'd tell him, and, you, and this is where, see, it's my fault. I taught him to steal my messages. <laughs> I taught him, I'm like, just giving a little bit here. Oh, that's good. Ooh. And now I'm like, now I can't say anything. Otherwise, he'll speak it before I get a chance to get up here and speak it. I just realized I taught him to do that. It's my fault. <laughs> but eventually, um, I, said, I actually said to Todd, I said, actually, I've got a message that I need to, to, um, to bring. So this is what I did. I, I had a word of the Lord for the beginning of the year. And so, and at the time, um, Adam was doing a lot of preaching. I said, so Adam, I've got a word. So can we sit on stage together? So we sat on stage and I'm like, I'll just, I'll just say my bits and then you, you fill it in. We sat there for 45 minutes. He, he didn't get a word in. Poor thing, but I just needed to somebody to sit with me while I like, at least a full back. So like if the whole thing went pear-shaped, he would, you know, take over. And anyway, that's, that's, that's how I started to engage that and the passion to do what was burning inside of me overtook, because I did continue to lean into it, it overtook the fear um, and it overtook um, 
the anxiety of doing it. And so I, just, I had this burning desire and I know that I know that so many of you have something that burns so much within you and it just keeps talking to you. Just lean in. Lean in to that which the Lord keeps stirring up in you and ask Him, what next step should I take so that I am prepared the moment of the suddenly? What next thing do I need to understand? What, what, what part of your character and nature do I really need to know in order for me to fulfill what you're calling me to? For me, it was wisdom and understanding. If I could carry wisdom and understanding, I wouldn't be as nervous when I got up because I knew that the words of the Lord would flow. And so I pursued Wisdom and understanding, wisdom and understanding, long before I have ever, ever had anything specific to say because I knew that that would put me in good stead for when the suddenly of the Lord came and I needed to start speaking. So what is it? What is the part of the character and the nature of the Lord that you need to know that gives you the scaffolding in order to propel you into the place He's called you to be in? Ask him, it's specific for you. We all need, yes, to know the breadth of the character and nature of the Lord, but for some, well, for everybody, there's a specific element of the character and nature of the Lord, which for you will cause you to be propelled into your calling. There are so many words in our lives that cannot come to pass without our participation, without our laying hold of what's next, doing it, what's next, doing it, what's next, and then doing it. Let's say the Lord's called you to ministry or business, and yet you spend from 7 p.m. till dawn playing online games, sleeping all day, never reading the word, never showering, never taking the opportunities given to you. you can't, it can't happen. God will not pull you up by your hair, wash and dress you, put you in front of a congregation and move your mouth up and down. He's not gonna do it like that. that, that those are not the ways of the Lord. Please shower. It's a really good start. <laughs> it's a really good start to being welcomed onto a platform. What if you receive this word? What if Solomon comes up to you and says, the Lord has said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And then three or four years later, you turn around, the, the land's not healed. What's going on? Is the first thing you're going to do, blame the prophet? Solomon, you got it wrong. The land's not healed. Maybe I didn't test the word correctly. Or just maybe, is it possible that you didn't fulfill a condition? Is it possible that no one got on their knees and prayed? Is it possible 
that there was no repentance? Is it possible that we didn't seek his face? Because the Lord is not a liar. And therefore we need to go back and look at some of our words and go, what else do I need to, to look at? What else do I need to fulfill? What else was part of the word or what, what else can I give or steward in this place in order to see it fulfilled? The Lord does not lie. If we want to see this land healed, then we need to see at least a remnant on their knees humbling themselves, repenting and praying and seeking his face for the land. Because his promise is if we do that, he hears. And he will forgive and heal our land. What about the parable of the talents? Can God take you from the cave to the stadium? He can. But his ways are stewardship. Are you stewarding the call of the Lord in the place that you're in now? Are you using your two talents because then they'll become four? Or are you hiding your amazing 10 talents and they're starting to be taken away? Are you using what is in your hand? Are you seeking the Lord for the answers in your workplace. You know, if you believe you're called to business and you're an employee at the moment, are you seeking the Lord for your current place of employment, for the word of the Lord and the answers and the solutions of the Lord to bless that place so that the Lord can see that He can rest wealth and responsibility on you? What are we stewarding now to create a landing place for the blessing and the word of the Lord to land in our lives. It does not matter how many talents we start with in life. It matters how we finish. Have you planned in your life to finish well? Have you, are you filling yourself up with enough to finish the entire race well? Are we asking the Holy Spirit to show us where are our blind spots? What do I need to shift? Where do I need healing? Where do I need to repent? Where do I need to grow? Are you aligned and planted in a place where you can walk through what the Lord has called you to? For instance, what if you're called to a healing ministry and you go to a gathering that doesn't believe that healing's for today? See, God works through authority. You can't go around car park healing or bringing division or sowing seeds in a place where that is not welcome. But you also cannot deny your calling. You can respectfully discuss with your oversight. You can have conversations, but at the end of the day, you might need to be a choice, make a choice about being planted where you can thrive in who you're called to be without bringing division. It is not your job to bring division somewhere that is not welcome, that doesn't welcome it. If, if they don't believe it, that healing is 
for today, that is not your job to bring division into that place. The Lord works through authority, so don't hear what I am not saying. Find a place where your calling will thrive. Another thing that we need to do with the word that we've received is honour them. Honour that he speaks to us at all times in all different ways and have our eyes and ears open to his word. When he speaks, we acknowledge you're speaking. Like Mary, I mean, Mary is one of my favourites. I think I would bring this up almost every time I speak, holding the word in her heart. I held these things in my heart. She pondered, she considered them, she kept them there. It says she watched thoroughly over these things. These are not just, these are not prophetic words that she received. These are things she observed that the Holy Spirit highlighted to her that she kept in her heart and watched thoroughly over them until they birthed in her, I know who he is. And I know who he is was able to call on the miracle realm of heaven to bring forward Jesus' timeline into the now for the water to turn into wine even though it wasn't his time. But she knew him. She didn't know him. She knew him. She had watched thoroughly over the things that the Holy Spirit had highlighted to to her till she knew him. She was able to pull on time, be awake, be open. The Lord is always confirming his word. The Lord is always talking to us. See, we pay attention to the things in our day to day, just like this um, this building in Munta, paying attention to the day to day things and holding them in our heart. There was no prophetic word from heaven. There was a white horse, there was a bell. There were all of these divine guidances. The Lord was practically screaming at us, but it came in a different way. And when we have our eyes open and our ears open to Him, we recognize who He is in a place through a situation. See, I, whenever I go through a season where the Lord's about to bring a new revelation to me, suddenly all of the discovery, like, the motor vehicles with the discovery, I don't know who that's by. Doesn't matter, because that's the part that doesn't highlight to me. It's the discovery, discovery. Just like there'll be a thousand of them go past me. And I know the Lord is about to unpack something. I'm about to go into a season of discovery. And so I see that, you know, the, the, the children around us that confirm the word of the Lord over and over and over and over again, and you, you'll be preaching something or you'll be pondering on something, and little Ariah or um, Asher would, you know, confirm Noah's ark. Todd sees Noah the next day. Asher sees Noah playing Noah. You know, you, you just don't dismiss the way that the Lord will talk and confirm through the most amazing and beautiful and consistent things. He is always talking. We're just not always listening. He is always showing us things. We're just not always looking. Pay attention to your dreams. See what he's saying. See what he's saying in the nighttime when he doesn't have to battle with all of the distractions of your life and the other things that we give our time to. 
Now, as I was thinking about this yesterday, the Lord um, took me to Matthew 10.41, where it speaks about, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous person in the name of a righteous person shall receive a righteous man's reward. And then he just started to unpack this to me, that the moment that we acknowledge that he's speaking through whatever means, and we go, I hear you, I'm, I'm looking, I'm listening, I'm waiting to hear your voice, I'm, I'm waiting to see what you, you're doing. The moment that we acknowledge that something is the Lord, we actually get the reward of having acknowledged and seen who it was that was speaking to us. The same way that when we acknowledge that a prophet has delivered a prophetic word, we go, that, you're a prophet and I'm receiving that word from a prophet, then we get the substance of what the prophet is delivering as it's meant to be delivered. The same way is when we acknowledge that was the Lord, then what happens is we get the entire substance of what the Lord was saying included in that. It becomes, when we acknowledge something is the voice of the Lord or the character or nature of the Lord, then we receive the entirety of that substance. In the Hebraic culture, a name isn't a title. It is the fullness and substance of the description or the meaning of the name. In the same way, when we receive a word from the Lord and we acknowledge that that was Him, we receive the substance for which we are believing which is the reward of believing it is him who is speaking. When we believe he is speaking and we believe he has said, then we get the reward of that belief. The reward of that belief is that we can say to the mountain, be uprooted and be cast into the sea. And because we believe we have no doubt in our heart, therefore we see it manifest. And it's the same each time that he talks to us in all of these little things and we acknowledge that it is the Lord speaking, the substance of faith builds up in us until we can land that which he's speaking about. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just ask that right now, those things that are stirring in our hearts, even since I began speaking, about what you have said about who we are, would you just start to stir them up again right now? I'm just gonna invite everybody to posture themselves. In a place where they can hear what the Lord is saying. I can feel the Holy Spirit brooding, like brooding over words that have actually been deposited in your spirit already. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you hover over
Yeah, I saw the Holy Spirit just hovering over the waters and then um, it switched and I saw him hovering over in Mary's womb those things that are held there. Whoa. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you start to breathe on those things again. Anything that we need to know. What's the next thing? What's the next thing, Holy Spirit, that we need to put our hand to? Turn our attention to, to partner with you. Holy Spirit, would you just start to breathe life again? Life again in places that have lost hope. actually see these dreams being held in people's wombs, which is interesting because it's Mother's Day. <laughs> and I saw substance being added to them. And if you agree with the word that the Lord has spoken into your life, just start to speak to him now, the, the yes of your heart. Yes, Lord. And if you're not sure about the cost, ask him. It says count the cost. There's a cost to carrying something. There's a cost to birthing something. There's a cost to raising something. For anyone who's had a child, whether in the natural or whether you've just raised somebody in that place of your heart, you know what costs. You know love has a cost. But the reward is so great.
So Holy Spirit, we just say yes. We just say yes to you breathing life again. We just say yes to coming to give substance to the words and the dreams that you have implanted in us. Holy Spirit, would you highlight to us how we can partner with you, how we can steward the things that you've deposited into us. How can we partner with you to be a testimony of Jesus on the earth? In the unique way you've created us to testify of Him. encourage you please do steward that message listen to the message from april uh, april sorry what date was it the 8th of april listen to the 10th listen to that listen to them both and really get into those and allow them to saturate your spirit and map your world ahead so so good so see you later to your live streamers thank you so much for being on everyone wave goodbye to the live streamers